Talking Shop, the Jim and Joe Show. This is episode number four, and as always, I am Jim Sessions, and joined tonight by Joseph Sadler. And Joseph, today we are pleased uh-huh. to be joined by a divine legend. Yes, I think sir. this is going to be one of those that uh, most of our listeners are going to be really excited to listen to. I mean, obviously, they're not going to be listening to you and I the whole time, but today we're going to be joined by the man, the myth, the legend, Louis Stroud. Louis Stroud has stopped by. Louis, welcome, buddy. Well, thank you. It's an honor and a privilege to be here with you two gentlemen today. Man, I'm looking forward to this. And we haven't even paid him yet, and he's already saying <laughs> nice things I about know. us. That's pretty awesome. But. Before we jump the gun and get in there with him, because once we start going, we know we're, there's no telling when we're going to stop. Oh, uh, yeah, for sure. We, we probably ought to recap a little bit of last week. Um, last week we had Coach McIver in, um, the head volleyball coach, and I, I thought I really did think that was a, a fantastic uh, interview. And if anybody hasn't listened to it yet, they ought to, because she had some really interesting stuff that she talked about. Yeah, that, that was a lot of fun. It was it was interesting. A couple of things, even though I've worked with Leanne close to 10 years, a couple of things I didn't know. Yeah. Uh, you know, the University of Tennessee connection. I knew she mm-hmm. had done her uh, part of her, her graduate work there. Right. But I didn't know why. So right. that, that was cool. And uh, Tennessee connection today with Lewis, with Marsha, well, his wife being there. We'll absolutely. talk about that here in a little bit, maybe. Yeah, we'll let him tell um, that and talk about that. Because yeah. I don't know if anybody knows, but uh, you and I, you know, we may know this. It's, it's a little known secret, but uh, Coach Trout likes to talk. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think, you know, I started thinking. Probably most people from from San Antonio South. Yeah. If you mention Lewis Stroud, at least to the dude, 35 corridor dude. through there, you're going to run into several he, people. He, know mar- he and he also married somebody from Tennessee, so I know he's probably got a ton of friends over there too. Because anywhere he goes, he's going to talk to him. He, he's going to he's going to treat him with respect and be nice. And th- th- somebody that you know is probably never going to forget the time they talk to him. So, but again, before we get ahead of ourselves. <laughs> um, we want to mention, you know, a, a couple of, of, of Pony League teams that are that are uh, doing pretty pretty good this this, yeah, this summer. <laughs> yeah, um, stopped by today. Uh, one of them was having a little fundraiser because uh, mm-hmm. the Divine Broncos mm-hmm. and the Divine Braves, both uh, Pony League teams, have both qualified to the World Series in uh, Louisiana. Right. Well, yeah. The, well, the, I think the, 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 the zone, Braves. Yeah, the, the zone. zone. Yeah. See, the the Braves have to go to Deer Park still and win before they actually leave the state and go and compete okay. but they're a really good team and they have a chance to do that and, and they they've done this a time or two before. like they've done yes. this before right their their coach uh, uh jesse salivar is you know his his son's actually playing on the broncos team that, that we're coaching oh, okay and uh and then he coaches the the younger son in that one i got you and and this is not his first rodeo he has some pretty good kids yeah um and you know a couple, a few of them, a handful of them are from Divine, and you know, and so he likes to keep that Divine, you know, kind of thing going, and so, uh, so he's he's gone over there a couple of times. He he's been all over playing places and, and you know finding good competition and stuff cool. for those kids to play. So um, he knows fundamentals. He does a really good job with fundamentals and stuff with them as well. And then they kind of feed up to us, right? You know, and and again, like we were talking about with Coach Gomez a couple weeks ago when we had him as busy as he is. The Divine Broncos is his. He actually created it, you know, about six years ago. And so he doesn't coach them right now hands-on because once they start in seventh grade and start playing for right. coaches there, a coach or whatever from that school cannot coach them anymore, even right. if it's not a sport that he coaches them in. But he's there. He's working in the practices. He's grinding. He's helping with the schedule. He's helping keeping things organized. And 
as soon as we qualified, he was like, boom. And he kind of said, okay, this is what we need to do to kind of raise money. That way everybody's not paying everything out of pocket. And he kind of worked, he kind of worked and, and organized that whole thing for the fundraiser. We we're having a gun raffle. You know, we had a burger in the bag today. Right. Kids, kids were walking the corners of the street of the yeah. selling bottles of water, yeah. had them knocking on business doors, asking them if they wanted something, they'd come back and get the burgers for them and take it to them. Well, it was awesome to see. It was awesome. It I really took, was. I took the trash off today. Um, going out towards the high school and I saw two or three cars stop at, at the four corners. They started talking to the kids and then they turned wherever they're going and they made a U-turn to yeah. go back to the burger in the back. I'm so just having you. the kids out I'm, there. I'm telling and, you. And that speaks to, to what we're going to get into with Lewis a little bit, although we're going to talk about all kinds of stuff, but this community of divine is willing to support Dude. people in the drop of a hat. I Man, mean, I, I went up to one, one vehicle that was, that was pulled in there today and they said, Oh, we you know we'll take, you know, you know, five burgers in a bag and drinks and this blah, blah, blah. Okay. And I said, it'll be, you know, this much. It was like, you know, 20, 20 something dollars. The lady hands me like 60 bucks. Yeah. And keep says, the change. keep the change. Y'all, y'all go have a good time. Good luck. Well, if, if she got five for $20, how come my one burger in a bag costs $20 today? That's because we we have some swindlers there. Oh, yeah. uh, Ty Ty took me for. Well, Ty just was. No. I guess I guess Ty just pretended like he didn't know his math. But I can't explain why he was taking your wallet out of your pocket, though. I mean, that's that's between you and him. Yeah. But yeah, I, I did see Trey trying to steal my credit yes. card. So well, you know, we had a little we had a little system set up there. Yeah. So, but anyways, uh, that that those two teams are doing well. You know, and I'm I'm just blessed to be a part of it. You know, yeah, I just kind of show up and try to look halfway intelligent. I fail most of the time at that, but well, you know, I mean, it's it, you're fighting genetics there, so <laughs> it's tough. I'm not gonna touch that line. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Both but, the, both of y'all just keep your keep your thoughts to yourself, <laughs> right? But so. what, what what's awesome is 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 those kids. A lot of those kids are playing together. Like you said, yeah. a lot of them are divine kids. Yeah. In fact, the majority of them I'm thinking are divine. Yeah. Kids. The, the Broncos. We have twelve kids and. Every one of them, 11 of them are from Divine. The other one's from Lytle, but his mom is from Divine. She graduated from Divine. Gotcha. So there's a connection there, and, and so and he plays with us, and he's a really fantastic athlete and player too. Well, and, and you know, as a high school coach, I look forward to those kids as they, as they get up into high school, yeah. and if they stay together, you know, hopefully that's yeah. a time where, you know, we're looking at making a run and – and uh, you know, having making some noise in the playoffs and stuff in high right. school. So, and, uh, you know, congratulations to all those kiddos. And, I I you tell know. you, they, those kids deserve all the credit because we have coached them from you know, like me, Henry, uh, Ramirez. So and, they're overcoming Greg, a lot. Yeah, huh? Greg Solik. You know, I I've coached either with them or against them from t-ball with right. a lot of these kids all the way till now. And I'm telling y'all right now, we don't coach them like like little kids. Yeah. We coach them like high school. We we expect the same stuff from them, and we tell them straight up, and we tell their parents straight up. You know, hey, we're gonna coach them hard. We're always gonna be fair. We're always gonna, you know, you know, you know, keep it the right way, the with structure. But we are going to coach them hard. It's and and there are gonna be times whenever we, you know, are getting after them. But we're you know we're doing it because we we want to teach them the level of play that they, they, they're going to be expected to play when they do get into high school. And that's going to really help them when they get in high school, having that background and what you're doing. It's yeah. going to really make them be successful athletes. Right. I mean, and the main thing is, I mean, if you can, if you can build up that mental toughness right now at that level, because you, you know how, 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 mental, how mental tough you have to be to go through the line program in high school, boys or girls. Yeah. You know, there's a high level of expectations from them, from the community, not just the coaches, but the community. So they have to be mentally tough. 
If not, they're I mean they're not going to make it. So you know. Yeah, I mean the mental toughness is the big part of it, and of course the skill. Mm-hmm. You know, the earlier you get kids working at things, the right. more skill they're going to have. Right. You know, that, that's a big part of it as well. And you put all that together, and mm-hmm. uh, you've got a chance for some really good things right. to happen. And and those are happening right now for this group, and hopefully, as they progress into through middle school into high school, it will continue. For right. So. So. But yeah, I mean we're excited about it. I, I appreciate you bringing that up, and yeah. and, and uh. And everything. So uh, hopefully we go over there and compete. I, I mean, we have a, both teams are good. They should go over there and compete and a have a chance to maybe even win it and advance that past that. Wow, so, awesome. Um, but but yeah. So good yeah. luck to us and we, yeah. I know and stuff. And so you know it, we we're going we're traveling six six and a half hours over to Lafayette, Louisiana, and Dale Gas. That's uh, that's that's. Um I think isn't that uh, Raging Cajun country? Is that I where, do believe so. Yeah, yeah. the Raging Cajuns so. are, and I think the Vine Zone Jake Wells is at, Ooh, uh, there, there in Louisiana Lafayette. Yeah. I'm not sure. I'll have to double check all that. Well, all I can tell you is I am going to be searching for good Cajun food oh, over there. Don't pass that up. Heck oh, no, man. I'm not gonna go for some alligator maybe. Hey, I may go and catch one and cook it myself if I'm fired up enough. So because I get pretty fired up, Jimbo, whenever yeah. I coach, you know. Yeah. So yeah. you know, I love it. So. But anyway, speaking of coaching for a long time and being involved in sports. That's true. We're going to circle back now to uh, to, co- to Coach Stroud. That, what, so. what just happened might have been the longest Lewis Stroud's ever been quiet when he's around <laughs> us. Yeah. But we appreciate you letting us get no. that out there, Lewis. Well, you know, first, before we get started, thank you very much for accepting our invitation because it, it is awesome and it's a, it's a privilege to be able to, to have you on, on the show and, and, and interview you. So we well, appreciate that. Thank you that. very much, and I uh, I appreciate what you two guys do. Uh, you're always with this program like we're doing today, and all the stuff you do, helping the all the, the athletes and uh, Arabians and war horses, and giving them back in. And uh, you, you're always positive. You do a good job, and I want to thank thank you guys. Well, we appreciate, appreciate it. Yeah, definitely appreciate that. And you know, one one thing Joseph and I have talked about on this is. We want to. We're going to base most of this on high school and, and athletic competitions, things like that. Mm-hmm. But we also, at some point, want to get into like some community service and what's going on in the community and things like that. Right. And this, I think, is an awesome opportunity. And you know, that's something I think we'll get to in a little bit with all the service that you do here yep. in Divine. But let's start off, Lewis, with just let's go back to the beginning. Uh, you know, most people know this, but talk a little bit about growing up here in Divine. Uh, you know, how you get, where you went off to school, what you did in college, and how you got back to Divine and, and what you did for Divine ISD. Well, I've lived in Divine my whole life. I went from the first to the 12th grade, and uh, I was just always like being here in Divine. It's a unique community. Like you mentioned a while ago, anytime there is a need in the community, no matter what, the people turn out and back. It's just wonderful the way that Divine, the support and things like that. Right. Um, oh, go ahead. Uh, well, sorry. Uh, go ahead. Well, no, but uh, okay. So you you were you were born here in Divine. And yeah, I, I went to uh, two years to Ranger Junior College. I wanted to be scholastically challenged. <laughs> then I went to Sol Ross and graduated from Sol Ross. Right. And uh, that's the only time I've been out of Divine. Right. Well, uh, I taught school thirty five years, drove a bus thirty eight years, taught driver's ed forty four years. Right. So <laughs> I've been around Divine a long time. Well tell us about your your your, your school years whenever you whenever you were going to school here and 
you know, what, what drove you to, you know, being in sports and being competitive and, 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 and being successful and stuff like that. And kind of like what kind of got you to have the frame of mind. That's real easy. You know, I was honored. I was very lucky. I had Marvin Gustafson as my coach. Right. And Jerry, come, Marvin Gustin came to Vine in 1954. Right. That was his first coaching job. Mm-hmm. And you know what his record, his record huh. is unbelievable. One district, what, seven years in a row in basketball, what, 75 games in a row in district without a loss. The 59 wow. team went 33-1. and one. Wow. And at that time you played for third place and they beat Seminole by 15 points. And to wow. win third in the state. And this first year of coaching football, they go to the state and lose to Belleville in the mud, mm-hmm. eight to nothing. I mean, he was just a tremendous coach, a tremendous person. And I gained, I gained a lot of knowledge. I still, when I, when I coached, I coached from 68 to 74 at eighth grade. And I copied things. Mm-hmm. He, was, he was quite an individual. And Jerry Cumlatter came here my senior year. Right. So you have two people like that as your coaches. Both of them have stadiums named after. Yeah, them. so you know you're successful. <laughs> Big stadiums. Yeah, you're you're you tend to be a successful person at whatever you're doing when they start naming buildings after you. That's right. So you know, I I'm my my goal in life is just not to have a prison named after me <laughs> because you know that, that I feel like I'll be doing pretty good. So, yeah. but go ahead, go ahead. Well, you know, co- co- you know, people say what made him such a good coach. Well, he knew. He would take away a team's strength, mm-hmm. and he would attack their weakness. Right. And I'll never forget when he won his state championship, I think 72 at Uvalde, he beat Brennan with Wilson Whitley on a guard-around play. <laughs> and you know where that guard-around play came from? We played uh, – God, what was the name of that team? Beeville or some school, you know, non-district game, mm-hmm. and we beat them 40-6. to six. And the only touchdown they scored was on that guard around. And the ah. old Shook schoolhouse was our dressing room. And he asked that coach after the game, could you draw that play up for me? Wow. And the coach – and he used that, and that's why the, the play well, that he beat me and, me, and, me and Jim actually had a conversation over the phone the other day because we're always kind of talking, trying to figure out ways to kind of do things on here. And we kind of started talking about that, and we started talking about how, you know, the best coaches in the history of any sport were the best copycat guys. The yeah. guys that can watch another team and say, this yep. is what they do well with us, I'm going to take that. I may change a little bit here and there, to, to you know, to like you were saying, to, for our strengths, but I'm going to do that. And the good coaches you know? can do that. They'll, they'll yeah. find that. Every team's got a weakness, whether yeah. it be pros or what. And he would always find the weakness, and mm-hmm. he would attack it, and then he, and he would take away the things you do well. That Man, that's – and he was just a good uh, human being on top of right. all that. I know I know that they left, him and Kamalender left before my dad got up there and really got, you know, going in, in high school mm-hmm. and everything, but he he loved those two guys. I mean and, and I mean always talked glowingly about them. I never got a chance to meet either one of them yet. Or, you know, I think Coach Gustafson's passed away now, but yeah. Kamalender's still kicking, isn't he? Yeah, I see him every yeah. once in a while. Yeah, I I never have met him. I didn't get to meet Coach Gustafson, but my dad just I mean yeah. He said, "Golly, those guys were awesome. You, you well, wanted to play." Well, look what they did. Both of them coached state. You know, teams yeah. at state. Gus took two teams that divided the state basketball, yeah. football. Then he won state in '72, and then Coach Cumrider was AD for thirty-something years, and mm-hmm. he uh, won state. Yeah, and, uh, I mean, he he never. I've never. I never heard his my entire life with with my father and stuff, but 
never heard him say one negative word about him. As Pete, like you said, as people and as coaches. I mean, he oh, was yeah. just like, they're man, just they're great, great individuals. So. Well, and, and speaking of interchanging the stuff a little bit, your dad was a heck of a basketball player. <laughs> he was a tremendous shooter. That's the that's the rumor. So. That's I don't know why none of that got passed down to the Sadler boys. <laughs> Well, me and Justin and Dwight just never. I mean, it's like you know, if you're not going, if you can't hit somebody and declean them, there's really no use yeah. in doing it. I, I, we all we all liked basketball, but we liked more like the what you'd call like the Stroud League type basketball, where you kind of called your own fouls and stuff, you know. So, yeah. well, you you guys like y'all y'all played basketball because you heard it was a contact sport. You're like, okay. Well, then you found out like football's a collision sport. Yeah. You're like, that's definitely <laughs> what we want to do. Good, Forget good contact. Good we point. want collisions. Good, good point. So, uh, yeah. you know, now Holly was definitely the most decorated basketball player in our family but but uh yeah my my dad supported us in everything we did how do we get talking about my dad but <laughs> but you could tell my dad's true i mean love and passion was basketball he yes. just, he loved the science of it he loved everything about it so you know and and watched it anytime it was on tv it could be whoever right. you know and he'd be sitting there watching them just seeing him you know look at this kid do this look at it. i mean just he loved it so right. you know but but anyways Going back to you, so you got into playing sports whenever you were in, you know, a, a youth in junior high, high junior school. Junior high, we didn't have all the PB leagues. Yeah, stuff. all we that stuff. But seventh and eighth. And but you played that because you had great coaches, and so they you get played, you. They get get you interested in. Yeah, I mean, stuff, you know? when you have a successful program, kids want to be a part of it. So Stroud, you weren't going home and playing like PlayStation and Nintendo <laughs> oh, and things like that. When I got home, I had chores to do. <laughs> exactly. And if I didn't get those chores, then my dad worked at Kellyfield, and he got he worked a night shift, and he got in the morning. If I didn't have those uh, yeah. chores done, it wasn't a spare the rod like it is nowadays. <laughs> but uh. But tell us, so what? What did you? So when you got like in seventh grade and stuff like that, like what? What did you start playing? And 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 what you were you? Start, what were you playing? And when you started figuring out, hey, I'm I'm actually pretty decent at this stuff. Well, I always loved basketball, as you know. Right. I loved playing basketball. I would, I had a basket put up in my backyard, and I would get home from practice, mm-hmm. and I would shoot jump shots and free throws till I couldn't see. <laughs> you know, and that's one thing changing the subject. Kids nowadays, shooters. You have to work at being a shooter. You're not just made. I'm a shooter, and not just. And, and if you don't work at it, yeah. that's the thing. I don't, you know, not, I, that's not, I don't mean negative, but kids don't work on stuff well, shooting. Yeah, people go out. They watch NBA. They watch Seth Curry. They watch you know right. shooting from the tunnel, shooting from half court. Yeah. And then they come out and they start emulating that, and it's like you know that guy didn't start no. with that level of shooting. That's exactly. He, no. he started in the gym, well, shooting you know form shooting, a lot of form shooting, moving his way back. Mm-hmm. And then eventually, you know, once he honed his skill, then he's doing all that crazy oh, yeah. stuff. Well, yeah. I mean, remember whenever he went to Davidson, they told him, if you ever want to step on the court, you got to change where your release. Right. Because he released from his chin. And, and he still kind of shoots from here. Well, I can't – you know, yeah, well, I'm showing you all. They can't see me. But, yeah. you know, he still kind of shoots low. But but he had to – he talked about that, how many hours and mm-hmm. hours and hours on his own that, that he worked to change his Give release. Give an example. Pete mm-hmm. Maravich. Oh, geez. Pistol Pete. Unbelievable player. Led the – NBA led the college in scoring and NBA in scoring. Yep. See, I knew this was going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> Why did I even write well, a script? I was going to say, there's you know? no need for but a script over what here. What are okay. we talking about? <laughs> we're talking about, we're actually, we're trying to talk about you. And, and you keep talking about other people. Yeah. So, but we want to, we want you to tell the people that, the, the, the listeners, you know, your, what, like your background, like you, what you played like from seventh grade on, like, you know, football, basketball, whatever. And, and why you fell in love with playing sports and why, you know, and stuff and the impact it had on you to where you chose to have a career 
around that. Well, you, you know? just get interested when you when you go, you know, in seventh and eighth grade, you know, played football, basketball, track, uh, and you get interested in doing those things, and that was the main thing that keeps you going. And then, of course, I was very lucky. I played it probably the zenith point of divine right from 1959 60 61 we had a run there with some tremendous mm -hmm. athletes yep oh man that biddy dubos chuck miller frank bain mm -hmm. glenn hine we had some real real good athletes that was and we dominated every and hey only one team went to the playoffs then right yeah and uh it, it was Something else. Uh, yeah. That that was definitely a heyday in, oh, in oh, Divine yeah. High School. Uh, so you had you had the football team making its run to state. You had the basketball. You had the girls basketball team. Mm -hmm. Our girls basketball team won state, state. championship. Yeah. Yeah. Right, right. So yeah, I, you know, I think I've talked about you. I talked about it with you, and and I talked about it with with uh, with Mr. Bentley. You know, Bob, because mm -hmm. I think he was a sophomore. Yeah. On one of those teams that made a long mm -hmm. run. And uh, and like he said, he said I was big out. I wasn't ready to be out there, you know, at that kind of level. But but you know, he just said I just became a sponge, and I just learned from all the like the video yeah, bosses and yeah. and guys like you and stuff that were you know ahead of him, you know. And he said I just I sat there and just listened to everything they said. But and he said y'all y'all lost to Donna. Oh, I'm telling you. And, and he said, that yeah. And and but he said he said you know we we lost, and the one touchdown they ran. You know, because back then they had chalk lines. It wasn't painted. I can tell you all about that. Yeah. We, we lost to Don, Donna. Donna won the state championship. Only team from the from Valley, Valley yeah. to win state. Right. And uh, they beat us 12 to 7. We fumbled seven times. It was just a freaky deal. Mm -hmm. That was probably one of the hardest-hitting games that they've ever had at Warhol Stadium. We said, played the oh. same thing. Tight set, full house backfield. And just Oklahoma five four defense and just bang head to head. Uh, <laughs> Can you a five four defense? Could you imagine that now? Yeah. Talk well, about hey, I dare you to run well, on us. Uh, <laughs> how many times was the football thrown all season? Not not beaten by two. It was, it was no three yards in a cloud of dust. No use for it. <laughs> but Donna had Luce Pedraza at quarterback, Alfredo Avila in the backfield. I mean in the secondary, and a. Uh, guy named Fred Edwards, who started as a sophomore on the national championship team at Texas. Wow, he was a wow. fullback and linebacker. From the Valley. And yeah. what's funny, I went to So Ross, and that's where Luce played quarterback, and Alfredo set the record, NAI record, of five touchdown interceptions in one game against Eastern New Mexico. But we became lifelong friends, and uh, we kept in touch. In fact, uh, I played uh, City League basketball with Luce, on the basketball team and Sonny Dittmer. Oh, oh wow. boy. Yeah, we all played together. Talk he about was... some talk about people that everybody knows, you know. Yeah. But so you know, you you played those sports in high school and like you said, just the, the peak of success, you know, in, in, yeah. in divine like what do you call what do you call that? Like the, the golden era or whatever. I mean of of our of our sports in our town. And so that you're saying that kind of that yeah. kind of set the set the 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 you know your path in life. Yeah, I, I want to be <clears throat> surrounded in sports, whatever, doing whatever as long as I'm involved in sports. You know, I used to try to emulate my hero at that time was Bill Brown. Okay. A lot of people may not know Bill Brown. I think he graduated in '57 or '58, and he was about six five, 
He was an all-state first-team linebacker for Divine, all-state wow. basketball player for Divine, was offered huh. a scholarship, a pro contract with the Syracuse Nationals in, in NBA basketball and the Houston Oilers in football. He went to Howard Payne, was an All-American, and they went to the finals that year. Now, wow. he was an athlete, but I was a little kid, and I, he would get, go down to the gym on Sunday and shoot, and I would go <laughs> down and rebound for him. This guy could shoot with either hand, hook shot, and he would. I got to see a lot of his college game. He was something else. But I would just say, mm -hmm. that's an athlete. Mm -hmm. I don't think there'll ever be an athlete be first team in football and basketball. Right. All state. That's, yeah. that's tough. <laughs> Especially with today's specialization yeah. that everybody does and all that, yeah. But, uh, that, no, that, that's awesome. So you go off to college. Did you know, hey, I'm going to get a degree where I can come back and I can teach and I can coach? Well, you know, it? the guy that I owe everything to, his name uh, Jim Perriman, Dr. Perriman at So Ross, and he liked kids that came from small schools, mm -hmm. and he, he helped me uh, – it's unbelievable. He, he, we were signing up for classes. Stroud, you're going to take an all-level certificate in PE. Why? He said, you'll tell me someday. <laughs> so that means I could certified team K through 12, which I did. Right. Then uh, he had a sports officiating class. He used to call it Southwest Conference. And I, he's the one that got me started in, in uh, officiating. He would come to our he – he was real good. He would critique you. He would go to your games. And that's when I started officiating basketball – in 66, 1966, wow. we'd go call Fort Davis and Marfa and all those places, the junior high and the JV wow. and stuff, and he would always come. And But I owe a lot to that guy. He, I told him that too. Okay, so I, what I take from that is he didn't choose it. He was told he was going to. <laughs> but that's what got me interested in, in, in you know, in well, teaching, you know, PE and then being official. Well, right. you know, Saul, Saul Ross. I mean, Harvard on the Hill, right? I mean, that's, Darn that's right. its nickname there. So Darn right. I mean, they, they know what they're talking about there, and they, they yeah. definitely picked a good career path did, for Lewis there. Did you ever climb the mountain there, up there? Oh, yeah, yeah. See, yeah, yeah I did. That that's, all that stuff. We were told. I did we a lot told. of things. I won't go <laughs> well, yeah, we're not going to talk about everything, but, I, but whenever I went out there myself, the, you know, there's not just, you know, entertainment on every corner out there in Alpine no. and, and stuff. But there, but there's a bunch of kids out there that are 19 to about 24 years old that have they become very imaginative. I'll put it that way. Make, create their own entertainment. We, we create our own entertainment. I'm sure they did too. Whenever he they were out oh, there. Yeah. So you know, uh, when I went to Ranger and so that's a long way to go to both those schools. You yeah. know, the kids go to college now and they come in every weekend. Yeah. I didn't come in except Thanksgiving and Christmas. Yeah. Well, yeah. And I didn't have a car. Yeah. <laughs> who can who can afford to do that even yeah. today? Yeah. Jeez, Louise. But. So you, so you go there, you get that, and, and you decide you want to do it, and you knew the whole time you, were, you wanted to come back to Divine? Like there were, was there any questions? Well, the, I, I really didn't think that much about it, but I came back to Divine, and believe it or not, uh, Tom Weisinger, Mr. Weisinger, they were, they were needing a history teacher at, uh, at Divine High School. That's where I started my first year of teaching. Wow, was it, okay. Uh, Divine High School in 1967, I taught five world history in, in a general math class. And wow. How about that? And I'm guessing you officiated on top of all that? Well, I started officiating. That's when I started started officiating. I would call the uh, you know the junior high and JV games, and I called a lot of games with Hoyt Garner. Okay. And Garner. believe it or not, 
Hype used to get on the officials, but he was a very good basketball official. And that's where I met Marsha. Uh, through your officiating. She was coaching. She coached one year and went 22-1. and one. Okay. She was a good coach. Yeah. But I spent all my time watching her and missing calls on the floor. But, <laughs> but uh, that's where I met Marsha, referee in the worst, basketball. The worst basketball game he's ever officiated. <laughs> but where was she coaching? Was she coaching here? Yeah, she coached at oh, Divine. I did not know no. that. But Then she went on and – Went into uh, teaching classroom. Then she got her master's, and she was the first uh, principal when they made Divine. Yep, I remember that. Immediate school. I was she, I was a part of that. So. She was uh, sixteen years. She was principal there. She was my principal for two years, I think. Yeah. Was it two years or one year? Because yeah. I, I was part of that that whole transition when they opened up that that school, you know, and and made the junior high over there. I was. Right. I, I think she was my principal for one year. Uh, I bet it was two because it was probably the same grade both times. <laughs> I never. <laughs> Took one. <laughs> I taught at the old Green Alamo my first year of coaching. I took John Harlan Dubose's place. And, then, and so, I coached from 68 to 74. So you you spent the one year in the high school just teaching. Just and teaching. Then, then you moved back, you moved to the middle school and started coaching for a yeah, little bit. Yeah, that's, that's right. My first year was 67 teaching world history and general math. And I can tell you some good stories there because I'm not very good in math. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, but then I started coaching there at the old Green Alamo. Yeah, God, which is now the VFW. Because uh, because he was coaching my dad's senior year, and my dad said that that you know because Hoyt Gardner was his coach. That's right. right. His, you know his junior and senior, I think, or something. Like, yeah, I think. And uh, he said, you know, we go through practice and be running and doing all this stuff. He said we'd get done and I'd be tired and sweating and everything else. <laughs> He would be waiting for him. Lewis, Stroud would be waiting Lewis. for him after practice and made him play one-on-one with him. He said, yeah, he said we, would, right. we would play and play and play. He said, dang, man. He said that really and truly, my dad said, that's that's that really helped me in terms of shooting because one-on-one, I mean, a lot of times you're right. just – Yeah, there's you nobody to, to bail you out. Yeah, so, you know, he said, he said, man, he said he'd be there and he'd wear me out even farther. Well, you know, uh, we got to get into Stroud League sooner or later. Well, yeah. Well, you know, I was just thinking that we we got to talk about the Stroud League. But um, when did you when did you transition from coaching in middle school to just being like elementary school PE? Because when I went through in the in the eighties, you were the PE teacher down at the elementary school. Of course, we had yeah you. early eighties. Yeah, well, nineteen eighty as a matter of fact. Yeah. Yeah. Very I, early eighties. Yeah, I, well, I you know I taught PE at elementary, middle school, and high school. Yeah, right. you were you were there with with me from. First grade when I moved yeah. when we moved to Devon from first grade all the way through sixth grade, yeah. Coach Stroud was our PE teacher. He broke me up fighting numerous times. Yeah. So, I believe well, that. Well, <laughs> it was funny when I coached, uh, like in track, I would run with the kids for the you know, mile and, yeah. and all that stuff. And then on at the end of practice, when they had run the wind sprints, I'd run with them. Yeah. They say, "Well, if Coach could do it, we're going to have to do yeah. it." Yeah, yeah. So, so when did you when did you establish the Stroud League? I would say about nineteen. 70. Wow. And and 70. just you just wanted to get some exercise in? I, yeah, and then I went to get the kids to play, and and uh, it started out. I mean, the people don't believe, you, you all know, you all played. Uh, we had no air conditioning. We put the windows <laughs> up. That's all we had, and we'd play full court, yeah. sometimes three on three. And, and, and for those that don't know, the Stroud League was just – Pick up basketball games. Yep. That's right. And it was on the weekends. And then I know there were times where during the summer it would be sometimes during the like evenings, on, on, Tuesday, on, Thursday like, nights. Like Tuesday, yeah, did, uh, Thursday, Sunday. 
Community Why is that education. Gildor Fernandez head? I, yeah, I think it was community yeah. education, yeah. But I had a key and we'd go play basketball and mm -hmm. we'd, we'd clean the gym. Yep. And we'd put it, we left it cleaner than we went in there. Unless you look behind the mats. Now, yeah, don't, that's right. Don't, if you got to spit, don't spit on the floor. Spit behind the pad. Jim always says, man, I hate, I feel bad for the guys that had to replace that yeah. pad. Yeah. Oh, my God. I, I used to laugh growing up because, you know, the community education flyer would come out, and there'd be some a lot of cool stuff. And, of course, yeah. always Stroud League. Yeah. You know, Lewis. And, and it always said, once again, this year, Lewis Stroud will be opening the gym. And then the next year, it'd be like, yeah. once again, Lewis Stroud oh, is opening the yeah, gym. Yeah, for obviously for yeah. like like I, 30 plus years. So. I've talked to several guys that played, you know what? That was probably the best shape we ever were in our life. Oh, my for goodness. Sure. Yeah. In July, full court, no air conditioning. And we'd stop mm. just for about two minutes and go right to the next one. Oh, I know. Yeah. I know. Some, one right, of my friends made a list of people that played. And I think he got up to 70 different people. Oh, I'm, I'm, I would of, imagine that that number was the, well in the hundreds. The characters that went through that, through, through Stroud League, uh -huh. man. I mean. But we never talked trash. Yeah. <laughs> Don't <laughs> no, ever give hey, me that shot. <laughs> I said, yeah. It, uh, no, but me, I think me and Jim talked about that, too. I said, We said, <laughs> man, that may have been, you know, one of the times where, the, the trash talk was always PG. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. Maybe PG-13. It, it, it was pretty calm, yeah. <laughs> you know, it wasn't that vicious stuff. You know, it was like 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 Stroud whenever he wouldn't check it, you know, and like which is cheating, and, and he would shoot, and, you know, well, don't ever give me that shot. Yeah. <laughs> well, and, and it was always like the new guy. The new guy oh, came in say, and he's, would he's guard stuck, Stroud. He stuck me, man. And, you know, mo most <laughs> – and on all the, all the guys that had been playing, the veterans there, yeah. they would get mad at us, you know, when we were the new guy and we'd be guarding yeah. Stroud yeah. and we'd check it and Stroud would shoot it right in our face. And they're like, yeah. he's done that every time, you know. And it's, <laughs> It's yeah. his league. I mean, he made the rules. So. Bruce would yeah. say, Lance, get in his face. <laughs> yeah. 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 Hey, and and everybody can say that John Stockton and John Malone, I mean, Carl Malone were, were you know, the best pick and roll. Uh-uh. No. Yeah. When you played with this guy and you learned how to how to play and get well, on, on with him, the pick and roll was unstoppable. Well, you know, I, I think the, the – I think a lot of the development for kids that were our age or, or mm -hmm. a little older even – was playing in the Stroud League because, yeah. like you said That's earlier, right. there weren't the youth leagues that no. the kids have now. There wasn't club basketball or yep. AAU mm -hmm. or anything like that. And That's right. I, and I would talk to kids as we were playing. I tell you, talk, you know, Roy Graham sent me an email one time. He said, you taught me how to run the pick and roll. Right. Mm -hmm. The pick and roll, block out. Move mm -hmm. your feet on fundamentals, defense. Fundamentals, and, and, yeah. fundamentals, fundamentals. And even though it's it was just it was pickup games, it was fundamental. And you cannot – that's one sport, basketball, from junior high to pros, you can't get away from fundamentals. I mean, and look at, look at you know, a perfect example is your grade, Jim. The only guy that could probably jump without, without you know, <laughs> and be able to slide anything more than a quarter under view was Don Beck. Yeah. You know, and then Doug McCormick whenever he came in. But just specifically your grade yeah. – but y'all y'all would do the give and go the, the i mean you know, you know blocking out you know post moves you know with your back you could score with your back to the basket you could f score score face in the basket yeah. i mean you know and y'all had some shooters like lance my goodness i mean if right. you if you oh, actually were not like up. if you weren't like actually like a part of his jersey yeah he was gonna make it yeah, you know he, he didn't need much room to no get a he shot didn't off. and again you couldn't no. slide a dime under his feet no no, you know, Will Will Hellams. No, I mean, couldn't slide a diamond or his feet, and he played post and was d darn good. Yeah, you know. Yeah. So I, I actually got a um, a message on Facebook from Troy Staley, 
and he was working with a middle school group of basketball players. Right. And he said, I was teaching them how to play with their back to the basket because nobody does it anymore. Right. And he that's said, right. and then I went back to my Stroud League days, and he said, that's where I learned <laughs> yep. playing with you guys in the Stroud League. Yep. Talking about pick and rolls, there's three people that I love some of these to run pick and rolls with. Jim here, uh-huh. Ellie Hernandez, and Dan St. Ledger. Ellie got most valuable player in a national championship game wow. at A and I. How about that? Yeah. St. Ledger did the same. Got first team All American wow. center at A and I. Man, I, I just let everybody down, didn't I? I'm, and I'm then there's Jim. Of, and then there's me. <laughs> yes. Yeah. But Jim Sessions, what a looker. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Boy. <laughs> like like League of the Rome. And what's good about the three people I named? <laughs> you got here we go off the rails. Oh yeah, stay, let's stay on course. <laughs> <laughs> but the, you three guys all had something in common. You were both modest. Uh, I was. I used to jog. We'd, we'd go to my house. Remember that two or three mile deal we used to do? Start at my stop sign by my house. Uh-huh. A lot of guys uh-huh. run that with me. And uh, I was running one time with uh, Dan St. Ledger, and uh, we got through running. And I went back and read the sports page. Dan St. Ledger first team All America. <laughs> And I said next time, why didn't why didn't you tell me that? I didn't think yeah. it sound like I was bragging. Yeah, just just, <laughs> just modest. Be. Ellie the same way. Yeah. yeah. There's I don't I mean, I love I mean, I absolutely look look forward to Stroud League every weekend. Oh, it was fun. In the in the summer. I remember the days working for the highway department in the summer. We'd go out and lay down asphalt from six in the morning yeah. to six in the evening, twelve right. hour days, come home, take a quick shower. Go play oh, two and a half league. hours of Stroud League Tuesday night. And yeah. then Neva, my sister, was the, the manager of the public pool, the city pool. And we would go up, and then after Stroud League, we'd go jump in the pool and swim wow. for another hour Good or so. Grief. And then get up and go do it all over again the next day. But the, the highlight of the day by far was going to play Stroud League. I remember Neva yelling at me at the public pool. Cut that out, Senator. Quite, quite uh, often. Yeah. I'm watching you. Yeah. And, and the best, what I always loved about Stroud League is – it was always unselfish. You very yeah, seldom absolutely. got. You know, you, you go. I'd go play in college, and you'd get on the floor with someone that you might touch the ball three times in a game yeah. of ten. Mm-hmm. And in Stroud League, you know that wasn't the case. We had good guys yep. that, that got along, that were competitive, that were good basketball players, and they you know they the shared ball the ball. Yeah, I yeah. always said if you're double team, that means somebody's not got anybody on, yep. right. and they'd find you. Yep. Mm-hmm. Basic fundamental. No, it was it was fun. It was a lot, really really fun. Good quality basketball yeah, and it, just nonstop running. Yeah, and, and nonstop and, talking. And it was entertaining. Yeah, yes. yeah. They're, they're, everybody had a nickname. Everybody yeah. had a nickname. Yep. So, Koozie over here. Yeah. So, Bruce Solick with Kelly Trapuca. <laughs> Kelly Trapuca. I had my Larry Bird jersey and he had his Kelly Trapuca jersey. Yep. Yeah. So Stroud's, Stroud's big move would he'd show up to the gym and he'd be like, Dad gummit boys, I forgot my shirt. We're gonna be shirts. Yeah, we're, or we're gonna, gonna be skins. Yeah. You guys we're gonna be shirts. if you're on my team, you're gonna yeah. be skins. God, Everybody's God, like, damn. Man, I don't really want to play with Stroud this time. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So I don't know if people know this, but I swell a lot. Yeah. Especially yes. in a hot gym oh, with, with with the windows oh. windows open and no air conditioning. Yeah, going. windows open in South Texas in July, like there's really gonna be a breeze. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> of course, Lewis, you were a huge fan of the Boston Celtics. Yes, sir. So of course the uh intermediate school gym where we played Stroud League all the time by that time got nicknamed the the Garden. The Boston yep. Garden. The right? Garden, yep. And so I started calling it that 
when I was in high school and middle school, and then mom started yeah. using that terminology with her kids. So the, the girls' basketball oh, yeah. team, they'd be like, where's practice? Oh, it's going to be in the garden. Oh, okay. And they all knew where the garden yeah. was. So. Yep. That's, uh, I mean, I, you, you hear kids today, Ty says, oh, you know, oh, all the gyms are taken, so we're, we're practicing over at the garden. Yeah. I didn't even question him about it because I already, I mean, I'm like, how do you, I didn't even say yeah. how's that. It's just because it's so common. I mean, it's been called that for, yeah. for 30 years now or so whatever. 1970-ish, start of Stroud League. And I know we played in it all the way into the 2000s. In fact, my last torn ACL was in the garden in 2000. Because of Jeff Navarro. Yeah. All his fault. Yeah. Yes. Jeff, if you listen to this. Well, if you watched Kawhi Leonard, the way he tore his ACL yeah. in the playoffs, that's mm-hmm. exactly what happened to me. I was there – I remember you were going down. You made a move. You went down the baseline, and you said, "I blew my knee. Yep. I blew my knee." Yeah. Uh, Helms, Michael Helms. I was right with him when he blew his knee. Yeah. Bruce Salak. And we've had a lot, a lot of knee injuries. Yeah. Yeah. I think one of the last kind of injuries that that was that happened playing trial league was whenever Don dislocated his finger. Yeah. That yeah. kind of put a that kind of put an end to that day. Was he was he, was he there? I remember something. I think I'm sure he was. I'm sure you and, were. And he was real calm yeah. too, like no screaming, hollering, anything else. He just goes, "Oh, I'm out." Yeah. And he was like, "Then I was like, what happened?" And I was right his there. Finger was. Yeah and, yeah. and he went and Ooh. and it was his wedding. Remember, it was. Yeah, his, it was he his, had his wedding band on. Yeah. yeah. And his finger was literally like like I mean just sticking like over yeah. his pinky. Yeah. And he was just like, "Yeah, dislocated, like whatever." And it's like. Yeah. We were like, I well, guess, I guess we're like, done for today. Okay, we're done yeah. because Ernest, Ernest went like that and did a sweep move. Yeah, and he reached out and tried to st- knock it out at the same time, just right there and boom, just. Yeah. And I remember we were thinking, God, we got to, we got to get him somewhere because with that ring on, that's oh be dangerous. Yeah. yeah. And didn't when, you say I think they had to cut it they off? They had to cut it off. I'm yeah. sure. Yeah, yeah. So, but yeah, that but was that was probably the the waning years of Stroud Lake. Yeah, time, probably mid 2000s. Yeah. I think I think it went from 1970 to 2004. That yeah. sound right, right? That sounds yeah. about right. Because I, whenever I'd come home on holidays or whatever, I remember the first thing I'd always do is I'd I'd call you and be like, "Hey, is there any yeah. straddler? Yeah, okay, whatever." One time, and I remember I'd bring my basketball shoes that I got down there up every time I came up, and I told Erica, "Hey." I'm sorry. I, you know, I'm yeah. going to, I'm going to be gone for a few hours, yeah. you know, and I remember the first time I came back and I was all sweaty. I thought you said you were going to be gone for, you know, a couple hours. <laughs> you know, we were, I was gone for like four and a half hours. Well, that, that might've been cause we ended up at Charlie McIntyre's afterwards. Yeah. Oh, that, that was, <laughs> yeah. Hey, you've been gone for six hours and why are you cross-eyed? So. Hey, you remember yeah. time those guys working on the railroad Yeah. came in? I said, yeah. Someone said, Stroud, there's a bunch of guys coming in here. Some, there's about four of them or something. <laughs> I said, dang, who are those dudes? So I went over, oh, we're working on the railroad here. We like to play basketball. I said, well, okay, well, go on down here. And I told them the rules. We always had the rules. Yeah. No, no fighting, no arguing. PG-13 we, we PG trash talk? Yeah. And, and, and there were several people that came down to play that when they left, they were like, my goodness, we how do you, how do you guys do this? I mean, yeah. they, they would be worn out by – from playing oh. just because it was oh non-stop. whenever whenever it's, it's whenever non-stop they don't understand yeah. you go yeah. and and right you know right there that's kind of whenever everybody started getting the cell phones and stuff and i think stroud may have i don't know if he's called me from his house or if he finally broke down and got like a big brick phone or not i don't know <laughs> but he'd call me and i'd be sitting there going okay there better be more than six people yeah because i am not <laughs> yeah. gonna play hey, two did, three hours remember three we on get three. there early and play two on two yeah oh, yeah yes yeah, you'd, so. you'd get there. You'd get the call from Lewis, and he'd be like, "Jimbo, I got 
you, me, Sadler, the three Navarros, and whoever. And like you start, you start, them, you start and, counting them up, and you're like, "Well, Stroud, that's that's only six. Yeah. And he's like, people. "Don't don't call anybody. It's perfect, buddy. Three on three. Nope. And then I'd be like, "I gotta call two more people. So yes. then I would, uh, yeah. I would like give someone a call, and you know, get yeah. two more up there. Oh, me, me, and me and Jim. Like after you'd give one of us a call, we'd call each other. And we'd start networking and like, so, okay, who do we want to, who are we going to bring in that's going to fit in and play right? We don't want to bring somebody that's not going to fit in. Yeah, you got to fit you know? in. And then, okay, and we got to call Ernest and tell him it starts 30 minutes before so he'll yeah. be on time. Yeah. You know, because he's always late and he takes, you know, at least 30 minutes to change out of his sandals into his, into, from his chocolates to his shoes. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. And then he had to do a stretching routine. Yeah. So yeah. it's like, we got to tell him 30 minutes before, we got to get the captain. Yeah. <laughs> get, get Will, because he, he, he'll fit in perfectly. And we got to have somebody that can bang bodies with with Jimbo. So, but the key to the whole thing it was it was fundamental basketball. Yeah, yeah. it was great. You know, someone said I was talking to a guy the other day. He said, "What what makes a successful coach?" I said, "You've got to have three things: teamwork, fundamentals, and discipline. And you've got to have all three. Yeah, yep. it's, it's, that's the key to basketball. And that's what that's what you did." The regulars that played Stroud League. Now I came in like in the in the twilight. You know, I came in and started playing, you know, consistently. But what I noticed is everybody fit in. You know, and yeah. The, the guys that showed up and everything that played, all of them fit in. They they played that type of basketball. Well, that, that you know, that's a that's a hundred percent because of the person that was leading that group of people. Exactly, exactly. That was Lewis's personality, yeah. and you always had the rules out there for people. And, yeah. You weren't Everybody afraid. To, you weren't afraid to correct people and tell them, "Hey, we're not going to do that here." Yeah, and that yeah. that made it a, a long-standing. Mm-hmm. You know, and those guys that didn't want to listen didn't show back up. That's you know, right. They, just, that's they right. didn't come back. That's so, right. But no, that and that's what I mean when I tell you that, like you know, us Sadler men, whatever boy boys, whatever else, we loved playing basketball. But you know, I had more fun doing that type of basketball than I actually did playing in in school. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. and it. We were, and we weren't playing that and one basketball and all that stuff, you know, everything, yeah. you know, like yeah. me, me, me stuff. It was like, dude, you know, find what, find how you're going to help the team you're on. So, you know, but, yeah. but anyways, moving on from that. Yeah. Cause we could talk Stroudly yeah. forever. forever. Yeah. But moving on from that, we got to start talking about the referee and stuff. Cause yeah, we was, know that's going to be say. a good, that's going to be a good, a good chunk of time right there. But, um, talk to us about, Getting into refereeing and, and well, like of, I said, that Jim uh, Perriman at Sol Ross got me into officiating, and <clears throat> I did forty years of football, and retired. Then I'm November comes up, I'll be my fifty fifth year to do basketball. Right. So, I've, so I've, how many people do you think, Lewis, you've you've officiated their games, and then you've officiated their kids' games, and oh. maybe even gone into a third generation of games well i got speaking of third generation my last year of driver's ed i hit the third generation <laughs> see we, have, we haven't even touched on the driver's no. ed stuff too man this needs to be a but two-part anyway. interview yeah, it know? might have to be yeah yeah but, but uh but yeah talk to us about the refereeing i could talk a lot about refereeing uh it's uh one thing i was looking at i was reading an article the other day where all 50 states have a shortage of high school Official. officials. And the reason being, they do polls on all this stuff, was uh, dealing with unruly fans and coaches. Well, that's, and that's something, you know, I've worked with people, I don't know how many people I got into officiating. Right. 
Yeah. Well, and two, I can teach. Go ahead. At, well, two are sitting at this two table. Two are sitting yeah. here. Yeah. That's yeah. right. Right. And I, te- I can teach them mechanics. I can teach them the rules. I can teach them uh, all the things. But there's one thing I cannot teach them is how to deal with coaches and fans. Right. And that's the hardest thing. And, you know, fans have never bothered me. Right. And I've said many times, if you've heard any of my lectures, fans exhibit three characteristics. Blind patriotism towards your team, yeah. delight in antagonizing the official, and <laughs> ignorance of the rules. So I don't <laughs> let fans bother me unless they use profanity or do something to mess up the game. And hey, it, and it, that, that's, <clears throat> that's, that's a great philosophy. And that, if you're going to ref as long as you've refed, you know, you, ha- you, got, you, got, you have, to, you have yeah. to have that frame. You have to have yeah. that mindset. So. But, and dealing with coaches, I always will listen to coaches and let them talk. I right. don't, you know, they have a problem. I, you know, it didn't take a long time. I just say, what's the problem, coach? And this, and I'll tell mm-hmm. them, okay, we'll watch for it and walk away. But you don't want to get into a, you know, deal with them. You know, I, I realize coaches, their livelihood is on the game. Mm-hmm. And I'll take a lot out of coaches. I don't give out a lot of tees. But there's certain things you don't want to do. It's challenge my integrity or use profanity. Right, can't do it. Yeah, I mean, if you let if you let them do it, it's just going to keep getting it's worse and get worse. worse. But but you, what I think what also is really good about you and, and you know, of course, I wasn't there, but you were coached first. You know, you were coaching. You know, so you saw it from that side. Yeah, and I've, I've, I've played the, the game, I've coached the game, and yeah. I've refereed the game. So you I've got, been on all sides of the fence. So you know and that's the feeling good, of all of them. Yeah. You know? well, so that's, that's one thing fantastic, man. And that, you understand things better. That's yeah. one That's one of the things I tell a lot of coaches and officials. I said, mm-hmm. you know, I, I was blessed because you talked me into officiating when I was in college, Lewis. Right. And, and I did that, and it gives me an appreciation of I understand there's times where an official gets blocked off. Or you, yeah. you yeah. don't see something, <clears throat> mm-hmm. you know. But then, as, as a coach, you know, being in in that role, you know, I mean, I think every official should have to coach, and every coach should have to officiate, right? Right. You know, and, and just kind of see the other side. And, and yeah, there's never that. been a player play a perfect game, a referee call a perfect game, or a coach coach, coach a perfect game. Exactly. But you right. got to realize this: to have a basketball game, you have to have three things: coach, player, referee. Yep. So it'd behoove you to try to get along. Correct. I, I I tell people that all the time. You know, in little league, you know, over there, like in the t-ball and coach business stuff, they don't have umpires, and that's where the parents are the craziest. Right. You know, and yeah. and I tell them, I tell divine little league all the time. I'm like, hey, you need to have a uniformed umpire there, even if it's just one back there on the on the coach pitch and t-ball. They're so important. You got to have them. They're yeah. the ones that control the flow of the game and how people are acting and stuff like that. If you don't have it, it's a madhouse. Well, yes. But. Main thing I want to focus on it, it, talking about referee and coaches. Talk to us about how it how it's changed whenever from when, from whenever you started until now. Uh, well, you know, one of the biggest things is uh, I've noticed this more probably the last two or three years. Kids are getting more mouthy. Some coaches getting a little bit, and fans are going bonkers. It's just a sign of the times, and I think a lot of it is. The kids don't like authority. Yeah. We represent authority. Mm-hmm. That's true. And it's, 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 you know, I'm an optimist and I'm not a negative person, but I just noticed things are getting worse. And uh, you want to tell them about that? You just came back from a coast of the new rule they have this year in regards to assault on an official, yeah. et cetera. So we're, we're in our update, basketball update in all sports. 
Uh, there's a new rule in the state of Texas that if you assault an official, that you will be suspended for two years from any UIL activity. And that's yeah. that's not exclusive to just players. That's players, coaches, fans. fans. Yeah. So well, yeah, I mean, look I mean, what happened down there in the valley with that correct. kid coming off the sidelines and waylaying that referee. Right. God. So if that happened, uh, like if that happened now, that'd be. He's done. He's I mean, done. He, he, yeah. And that kid was a star in multiple sports down there. Correct. I mean, just sad, sad that. Well, he, like if that, a fan you know, comes out and punches a, an official. Man. Right. Tell them what'll happen to them now. Yeah, same thing. They'll, they'll be suspended. Oh, and they're going to get so. cuffed and stuff. That's for yeah, darn they'll sure. They'll probably be assault yeah. charges. And oh, yeah. sure. Yeah. I'm and sure. And I, I was reading my Nassau magazine, that's the whole United States and officiating, and they get every state is passing stricter and stricter Good. rules about that. Good, because that's talk about a, a, a selfless job whenever you're out there uh, refereeing. Yeah. I mean, no matter what, there's going to be a certain amount of people pissed off at you. Yeah. <laughs> so, even if you are calling the perfect game. No matter game, what you call, yeah. one side's going to be right, happy. Exactly. One side's going to be. But but you got to do it because you got to have integrity in what you do. And, right. ethic, and you got to be ethical. I mean, you, you can't take sides no matter what. <clears throat> but, but, uh, but, yeah, I mean, just, you know, the, it's just, you know, players, coaches, the game and everything has changed, I'm sure, just dramatically in, in oh, football yeah. and basketball. Through the years, but the main you... thing is, I always look at it. You know, that's a coach's livelihood. Yeah. But there, one thing good is, uh, Bailey. I was the district director. Bailey Marshall was head of UIO for years, and I think he's the one that had this rule about a designated administrator. Right. right. Any sport in Texas, high school sport, you do not start the contest. You have your designated administrator. Right. That's good. That's very smart. And uh, in other words, what that is, when something happens. He takes care mm -hmm. of it. Yeah. And like I never, I've seen some of my buddies try to argue with Fant. That is stupid. Right. Oh, you, you never can't do that, even, no. I never even look at them. No. And if they do something bad during the timeout, I will go tell the administrator. Right. And yeah. he handles it. Mm -hmm. And that's a good thing of, of helping on things. You have to serve as the administrator a lot of times and places. Correct. Coach so. Quisdenberry does a very good job. Yeah. My yeah. officials tell me. I mean, yeah, he he does a great job. He he meets them, meets them at the and door, he walks them out. Yeah, and yeah. he's always you know, and you know it it's you know he's always bringing in Gatorade and food and things yeah. like that. You know, just I mean it, it's a thankless job, and you you know you you get paid yes, but you don't get paid what you should get paid. You know, for dealing with all that, and you know any little bit helps. And uh, I think when you take care of people like that, uh, you know it, it goes a long ways yeah. and it makes you know I've been to. Come to back. In a district director and president of football chapter and president of basketball, I had to go to some hearings sometime at UIL. And I tell you what, they come down and they come down on you hard. The first question they ask, homeschool, who was the administrator, right. and was he there when you needed him? That's the first thing is always asked. Yeah, yeah. Because if you're not, you're going to get in trouble. But they will come down on you. And I've seen a couple of coaches lose their co – uh, Coaching certificate couldn't mm -hmm. coach. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you can – with the UIL – It can be you, severe. What I mean, it's not a – Yeah, you can lose your teaching certificate, not just the yeah. ability to coach. Yeah, basically, you basically your, your career mm -hmm. is done. But yeah. but we're we're talking about negative stuff. I know for you to be refing as long as you've ref, there's got the, the, the positive has to outweigh the negative. Oh, yeah. Why don't you talk a little oh, bit yeah. about that? I mean, you know, tell you some – Funny stories dealing with coach. I know a lot of people. Oh, I know a lot yeah. of coaches. I <laughs> yes, mean, you do. That is an <laughs> understatement, Lewis. Inside, in, in refing and outside of refing, yes. I had a buddy of mine. We've we been to Houston. We've been to Dallas. And I always run into somebody I know. But it's funny. Two of these coaches I knew, I have to tell you two funny things. I'll tell you one in football and one in basketball. 
had a game with this coach one time, and he was real wild, really guy. And I, my, I told my headlines, but I'm not going to say anything. When I was wearing white hat, I wouldn't bother my wing official unless they needed me. Well, he called over and said, hey, <laughs> I need you. I said, what's wrong, coach? They're holding my wide receiver on every pass play. Well, coach, we got a bad problem. Why? Because the other coach says you're holding their tight end on every <laughs> pass play. <laughs> and he couldn't answer me. Yeah. And then uh, another time in basketball, <laughs> of course, I, I knew this guy. He kept, man, 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 man. And uh, we had a t- I went by the bench and I said, put in number 20. And I come by again, put in number 20. Finally, had a timeout and said, Strump, what are you doing? Well, you've been helping me referee. I'm going to help you coach. (laughs) That's awesome. That is awesome. But you have to have people skills to be a referee. You've got to be in shape. You've got to have knowledge of the rules. You've got to know how to. But you've got to have people skills. And people skills are good in any. You have to have them in anything. Right, for sure. I don't care what you are. Man. Gotta have people skills. I oh. wish we had enough time to tell all the stories we told the other the, a couple oh of months ago. Goodness. Yeah, well, I my, mean, yeah, that man, oh man, I tell you what, but uh, we'd be here all. Like I said, we oh, really yeah. should have had a two-part segment yeah. to have Coach yeah. try to get everything in. I mean, yeah. That's something to think about. Bringing yeah. him back. That's you know? true. So, we'll probably have to do that. But we, we haven't we haven't touched anything into like your community service, being involved in the Lions oh. Club for as well, long as you have. Yeah, things like that. And I, I'm I am a member of the Lions Club. I don't get to participate near as much as I'd like to because I'm so busy doing other stuff. But, but to become a member of the Lions Club, you, you don't go and sign up for. It. You have to be invited. You have to be, yeah. get an invitation to be it. And I was talking to Coach Stroud about it one time, and and he said, "Would you like to become a member? Because you know you like to be involved in the community and everything." Right. I was like, "Absolutely," you know. Yeah. And so he he invited me to become a member, and I'm I've been a member ever since. And I tell you what, you talk about an organization. It's it's the it's the largest. Well, Lions uh, International is the largest service organization in the world. There's Lions clubs all over the yeah, world, yeah. and like you say, yeah. you can see in, where we help the community. Oh man, oh. I mean, it's it's amazing. Yeah. And we don't go around talking about, oh yeah, we did this, we did that. You just I mean, just do it. You right. know, we just do it. I mean, because that's the that is the sole reason why we're there, and we introduce we talk about you know we have this podcast to, to talk about kids that's one of the main things that we do i mean right. kid, you know kids you know that that do good in sports do good in academics do good in, we have student know, of the month the which is elected by the yeah. faculty yeah. from september to may a boy and a girl and they come to the meeting and they go over what they're involved in what their plans it's for awesome. the future then at the end of the year we give two one thousand dollar scholarships mm-hmm. right. but Lions club does a lot i took 80 pair of glasses over to dr uh, over in Casterville, and he, he he takes the glasses that we bring to him. I, most of the hospice gets a bunch of them to me, right. but uh, he takes the glasses to Haven for Hope and gives them to people that don't have anything. So you ever have glasses, take them to hospice. We oh, use them. Right. But we do, Lions Club, you can see in the community, we're always giving money to help the community. Yeah. Like we yeah, have our 33rd I mean, annual, whatever, Lions Club golf tournament tournament right and uh what we did we didn't have to do anything because the people volunteered to yeah you know give us stuff to conduct the tournament because they know they know where the money's going right they know where the money's going our all of our money we make we have a dues we pay every year every lion's club pays dues and our dues go to taking care of financial obligations to lions international right which are good organiz- different committees they have. But all our other money goes straight to the uh, 
community and school. And and you've been a member for for how long? When did you join? Oh, it's been a long time. I've been president for thirty years. I know, I know. <laughs> I mean, showed my age yeah, here. Yeah, well, that's fine. I mean, yeah, but uh, I mean, and talk about you. You've you explained it to me. I mean, talk about how it's grown from the time you joined till now. I mean, I remember you telling me it was real small. And yeah, we got down to about uh, eight members at one time. <laughs> at one time, we didn't have hardly any money in the bank. Yeah. In yeah. fact, Dr. Sabino and I was the one that got the idea about the golf tournament. But, that's yeah. that. but uh, yeah. our membership now is about 40 people and growing. Awesome. Yeah. And most Alliance Club during the COVID lost membership, and I was real proud of ours. We kept. Mm-hmm. And speaking of Lions Club, we lost a very big yes. line man. Yes. Daryl Murdoch, 55 years a member mm-hmm. of Divine Lions Club, and uh, his funeral will be uh, Monday. He was a quite a, I really enjoyed that gentleman. He, uh, Bo Maxwell and I would take turns taking him to the Lions Club meetings, but I enjoyed talking to him about life, about old Divine, and this and that, and uh, he'll really be missed. He was a and solid. He was, he he was really a patriot, was, too. He was. He, he was, was very a, active. He was in the service, and... Uh, yeah, very active in the First Baptist Church. Very, yeah, mm-hmm. His family and all. Good man, but yep, yeah. good man, good man, and, and and lived a good a good life. I mean, he mm-hmm. he really did. I mean, I think he was ninety. He was, I don't know. He's, I, I want to say he was. I want to say that his granddaughter told me that he was ninety something or whatever. So, wow. hey, he fought and fought in World War World War Two. Two, yeah, fought yeah. in World War Two. And tell me a lot of story. I'd I'd love to, I'd love talking to him. Yeah. But I mean, even even up to that age, he was still active in the Lions Club. Every every meeting I would I was able to attend, he was always there, always there. Yeah, we so. need to get we need to get Lewis his own podcast. Could you imagine the people you could interview, <laughs> yeah. Lewis? But oh man, you'd put us out of business in a hurry, right? So. Um, well, we talked about the we talked about well not near enough, but we talked about the the referee in and. Right. And, and Stroud League, which both of them we could elaborate on way yeah. more. We could get but, into driver's education, which yes, we'll save which, that for another time. Yeah, he's definitely going to have to come back for part two sometime. Yeah. But, but it's time. Yeah. yeah. We're going we're gonna to call him on the carpet here and, and, and make him, you know, use his, use his noggin a little bit. Yeah. So. Well, well, mine's pretty easy. I usually go first here. So mm-hmm. my, my question is always, what is something – what is something good that you saw this week or something awesome? So, you know, or it can be I, even I could, this summer. I can tell you something I would say is just very, very nice. I went to Ivan Chant's funeral. Ivan Chant was just like you know, Mr. Murdoch, just yep. a super individual. And the Chant family, his mom, and I knew all of them, of course. I knew his mom and dad. I taught uh, school with his dad. His, his mom was a, a secretary at the school, an aide. And, of course, his brother, Chris, I went from the first to the 12th grade with Chris. And it's just a, a good family, good person. And it was just, you know, funerals are not supposed to be nice, that, that per se. That was a very nice funeral honoring a good good human being. And the, that it shows you how the families are. They, that was a good family. Right. All the kids were good kids. And it's just handed down. And it's just a, well, it's, really nice, I think. It, it's always great. I mean, obviously funerals are, are tough for the family, but it's always great when you're able to go and celebrate the life of that person. Yeah, that's a, it's a celebration someone, of life. Someone mm-hmm. like Ivan Chant, someone Christian. like Murdoch, you know, that, that go through and, and right. have the impact that they have on their families, on their communities, uh, mm-hmm. things like that. Always great for those people yeah. to be celebrated. And, and uh, as you know, of course, we'll miss them for sure, but 
I, you know, we've talked about this before on this podcast. If they had a chance to come back, I don't think they would. Heck Probably no, where man. they're at right now is yeah, pretty glorious. So, that's right. Uh, that's you know, but but kudos to, to those uh, those individuals and, and what they've done right. here in Divine. And I tell you, yeah, I said, you know, talk about celebration of life. I've been to, to three funerals that really stick out in my mind about, you know, whenever you got there, you said, you know what, hey, this person, you know, did a pretty good job while they were right. here. And one was Nevis, yeah. you know, and, and I was mm -hmm. a pallbearer in that. And you talk about people getting up there and, and, and speaking glowingly of a person, mm -hmm. you know, and, and, and stuff. And, and that one <clears throat> always sticks out in my mind. Dean Bates. Right. I mean, you saw all different ages of people, mm -hmm. people that he coached with long, long, long ago. And then you had the kids that he was actually around right there from Pleasanton that came right. over and stuff like that. Right. And then, my my dad's yeah. my dad's funeral and and all three of them everybody in that in that church yeah. was celebrating what what right. what they did i did your dad's yeah years. and i was gonna say and, and one one thing is you know i was uh, we were sitting there talking and that's and you've been through it i'm sure you've been through it when you know you lose you know a close member you've been to you know plenty of people because you, you know so many people but as a family member it's God, it's hard. I mean, yeah. you know, oh, it's like, yeah. okay, we got it's like we gotta do this, we gotta do this, we gotta do this. And I was sitting there with my mom and we were saying, you know, well, who wants to give the eulogy? You know, and she said, you know, Dwight, do you want to do it? And Dwight was like, Dad, mom, I can't do it. Right. And Justin, I can't do it. Holly, me, I mean, all of us were like, you know, we'd love to, but just we don't want to get up there and just fall apart. Right. You know, and, and then everybody would be thinking about that instead of what we're what we're there. And I said, Mom, why don't why don't we get Coach Stroud? Coach Stroud and you you dad for I mean, forever you right. know and and stuff and and she's like well do you think you'll do it i said well I'll, I'll call him and see and and i mean and he was like you know yes right then I'll, right. I'll do it you know and he did and when he gets up there and starts talking you can see as soon as we told him he went and started researching yeah. you know and talking mm -hmm. to different people that was you know, joe really, severa yeah joe severa and everything else and what made it awesome is friend. is you know he <clears throat> talked serious whatever else but then he started you know telling funny stories and everything else and he had the whole room you know laughing yeah. And that's that's awesome because you, hey, don't don't, yeah. I mean, like you said, you know, yeah, miss them, cherish them. I mean, I miss my dad every day, sure. and I know you miss Neva every second of sure. every day. But when you can focus on, hey, look at the stuff they did, yeah, look at their I impact, mean, yeah, yeah, and 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 the accomplishments they did and everything else, and you know, and all three of those people, you know, to me, did good things. They did not cross, you know, cross anybody right. in a negative way, and. You should celebrate that, and, and like Jim always says, and we always say, it's like, man, if you ask them, hey, do you want to come back and do it all over again? Heck no, man. I'm not leaving where I'm at right now. Yeah. You know, yeah. I got the best seat in the house. So, you know, so and Mr. Murdoch's right there with them, you know, yeah. And, yeah. and so is Ivan Chant. So. Yeah. But, but anyways, so I guess it's my turn now. Yeah. And this is difficult talking about all the things that this guy's done. Uh -huh. So I sat there, and I was like, man, what can you do? And I'm like. It's got to be about ref and basketball. Okay. You know, so would you rather, you got to choose one or the other, and then you got to tell us why. Would you rather be the lead ref in the NBA Finals in the 1960s Boston Celtics against whoever they were playing back then because they played in the finals every year, or would you rather be the lead referee in the 80s in, for, for a Celtics-Lakers Finals? Oh my if you had a chance. <laughs> well, first, I couldn't do that because I'm a rabid Celtic fan, so it'd be biased. 
Well, and two, if 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 he wasn't married in the '60s and Marsha was in the stands, that game's not going to be called yeah. well at all. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so, come on, you can do it. I guess the one back in the '60s. I don't say because I know you talk about Bob Cousy and all those guys. See, so. that was my nickname in high school. I'm sure. So, Bob Cousy, so you would you would you would ref a, a, a finals game with the Celtics in the '60s? Why? Yeah, because they played more pure basketball. They wasn't running down it. Now I have to quote Charles Barkley made a good statement about AAU basketball. It's terrible. It's not teaching the kids any fundamentals. All they mm. want to do is two things. Run down and dunk it, or shoot three pointers. And it that's was more all you fundamentally. See. Now <laughs> basketball is the show. Right. Us three guys can get out and call a pro game right now, pro basketball game. You yeah. say what? You can call anything, anytime, any. Yeah. Well, Doesn't I, matter. I, yeah. I didn't name now. I named the eighties. But, but <laughs> okay, but, okay, but, okay. But, it was about that bad. But <laughs> they played. They played pure basketball. <laughs> there wasn't all this kind of stuff, and they had more yeah. teamwork then. Oh yeah. I mean, you watch old. Clips like that, and, and they played defense. They Son played. Of a gun. If you didn't play defense, you didn't play. You didn't win. Yeah, yeah. And you, you know, but I thought eighties. I thought eighties <laughs> was still kind of yeah. old. But yeah. but, but, hey, but where do you get my age? Yeah. <laughs> you know what I want to do? I want to live on my ninetieth birthday. I want to be playing a three-on-three game and hit a game winner on Bruce Salak and say, "In your face, what a disgrace." <laughs> That's if we can actually talk him into coming uh, over here and doing I think, it. I think we would all be willing to yeah. do one more game on your 90th but, birthday. Lisa. But he has to be wearing the Larry Bird jersey, yeah. and and Bruce Olick has to be wearing his Kelly Trapuca jersey. And, and Stroud's got to have a bandana for My a headband. Oh, heck yeah. So, But, uh, man, I tell you what, if God willing, if you live to be 90, which I'm, I'm not betting against that, I will be happy and honored to go over there and do pick and roll with you. So. Yeah. But uh, but yeah, man. That's that. I think I think that's about it. That's we've. I mean, we we could talk about so oh, much more, but and we yeah. are, yeah, we but, are. But we're over we're over our hour, so well. I think I we think, knew we knew going in it was going to last yeah. over an hour. I think we're going to have to go to commercial. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I think so. Well, Lewis, we appreciate you stopping by and spending some time with us, and uh, I think I've got some some ribeyes over here thawing out in the fridge. So if you're w- willing to stay and eat, you're more well, than welcome you, to. I guess you could talk me into yeah, it. Yeah, I, I figured uh, we might get it to stay. It's, it's been an honor and a privilege being here with you guys. Yeah. You're, you're both good friends, and I think you do a bang-up job. I've always told you that. Mm-hmm. And I appreciate what you do for the school and the teams. And it was really fun being here tonight. Yeah. Absolutely. We're as always, you can tell, this was completely unrehearsed. <laughs> unrehearsed, uh, yeah. the best way right That's here. the best way right there, man. Unscripted. Yeah, thank, thank you, Coach, for coming in. It's always an honor to have you and, and, yeah. and having a chance to be able to ask you these questions and you talk about that stuff. And um, before we go off and you say, you know, prayers to the to the Chant family, prayers to the Murdoch family. For sure. You know, and, and, uh, and you know, hopefully they're staying strong and everything's, everything's going good for them. And uh, good luck to oh, the Oh, and Eric uh, Smith's mom, Trudy yeah. Smith. She's a right. fantastic person. Yeah, we, yeah. we, we talked about that last we week, too. Talking, yeah, it's a prayers, that, prayers, yeah. You know, hey, we, we keep all these people in our prayers anyway. That's what's right? good about divine. You yeah. bring up the. Yeah. Well, and, and plus, you never do, you never underestimate the power of prayer. Yes, yes, ever. Sir. That's, That's exactly right. right. You know, um, yeah. and, so. and good luck to the, uh, the, the Pony League kiddos, yeah, the, the Braves, the Braves the and the Broncos as they advance yeah. on to their next yeah. levels. And, yep. and then, you know, before we know it, we've got about two weeks before two-a-days kick off. I'm so telling you. So, to get busy, busy. 
So. Well, you went to coaching school, and then the boys' coaches are going to coaching school, and y'all know whenever you go there, when you come back, it's it's oh, yeah. it's on. Yeah. So, man, you know, Lewis, look that, at this. And if, if only we could tap into that, we've got Troy oh Tuttle calling he, me right now. He will be on the show one <laughs> so, day. Yeah. He will be on the Troy, show one day. Enjoy. We'll get him on here yeah, at some point. T so. Roy will be a guest. Yeah. Yes, and we will have to edit a lot, but he has to be. He has to be a guest on our show one day. Oh, for sure. So, for sure. but hey, God bless you, Coach. Thank you for coming. And, uh, Thank y'all. And like I said, we will have you on again. I look forward to, start, to it. To start where we left off. So yep. That's going to do it for episode four here. Uh, this has been the Talking Shop, uh, the Jim and Joe show. Appreciate everybody tuning in and listening, and hopefully we'll be able to bring some more dynamic content like our interview with Lewis Stroud here in the future. Right. Uh, so for Joseph Sadler, I'm Jim Sessions, and for Lewis Stroud over there, I um, guess that's going to be it for tonight. Yeah. I think he's ready to eat. He already has the headphones I know. off. He's, he's ready. <laughs> you to mentioned either he's steaks. Gonna, either he's getting ready. Either he's getting ready to eat, or he's getting ready to hit the basketball court yeah. out there. But hey, later. That's gonna do it for tonight. We'll see you guys on the flip side. Good night, everyone.